Hey everyone, Danielle Bean here. I'm just popping in for a minute before the show to let you know about a fun new way that you can stay connected with girlfriends. If you text the word girlfriends to 33777, you will be subscribed to receive every new episode of Girlfriends along with the show notes delivered straight to your inbox every week. This is such a great way to make sure that you don't miss a single episode and you always have ready access to the awesome people that we talk to and the resources that we share about here on the show. And just to make it even more fun and more worth your while, Ascension is going to be giving away three very cool prizes. Everyone who subscribes to Girlfriends right now will be automatically entered into a random drawing. The three different prizes are, first, The Great Adventure Bible. You know you want a copy of that. Second, my book, You Are Enough, a copy of that. And third, Pocket Guide to the Rosary. Three awesome prizes that are going to be given away at random to people who are subscribed. It doesn't cost you a thing. So don't miss out on this special opportunity. Stop right now and do it. Text GIRLFRIENDS to 33777. Thanks. I'm looking forward to staying connected with you. Girlfriends, episode number 200. Six Ways to Be More Grateful. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week for Thanksgiving, we are talking about ways to be more grateful. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Welcome to episode number 200. This is such a milestone, and yet I feel unprepared for it because I'm not doing anything special in this particular episode. But it does occur to me that it is appropriate that in this episode, we are going to be focusing on gratitude because as I am recording the 200th episode of the Girlfriends Podcast, I'm grateful for you. You're the reason I'm here. You're the reason I record this podcast each week. You're the reason I started the Girlfriends Podcast, to connect with you, to be able to support and encourage you inside of your vocation to Catholic womanhood in whatever that looks like for you. So thank you for being here. If this is your first time, welcome. If you're a many-time listener, welcome. I'm so glad you are here. I am so grateful that you've chosen to make Girlfriends a part of your day, a part of your life. That truly is a gift to me. So I am grateful for you this Thanksgiving. Thanks for being here. Before we dive into this week's topic, I just want to mention one little thing that occurred to me, a parenting thing, uh, this past week, where I just want to give you a nudge as a parent to do the thing with your kid. Okay, this is what I'm talking about. So my example is with my daughter, Gabrielle, who is a junior in high school, and Gabby is involved in a ton of activities. That's her personality. I recognize it because I was very similar in high school, like could not join enough things, just wanted to try all the different things, wanted to be in different leadership roles and that sort of thing. So she's on student council and different um, activities and different kinds of groups. And there's this one particular group that she's involved in called Interact, which um, raises money and awareness for people with disabilities. Um, They did a fundraiser to raise money for, I think, purchasing a wheelchair for somebody who needed it, that kind of thing. Also just looking for ways that they can support and interact with, that's why it's called Interact, um, kids in their community with various kinds of disabilities and that sort of thing. It's a great club. It's a great group. Um, But 
like I said, Gabby's involved in a lot of groups and this hasn't been one that's been really high on my radar with regard to her involvement in it. Yeah, she does some of those activities and that sort of thing, but I didn't feel like it's a hugely important group to her, not like something that was taking a lot of her time and that sort of thing. Okay, so with that in mind, she mentioned to me uh, a couple of weeks ago that there was a banquet coming up for this group. And it was for parents and for kids. And they were maybe going to be, I think, recognizing some of the kids who've done things inside of the group, that sort of thing. She let me know. And in the process of letting me know, she also told me, no big deal if you can't make it. I know you've got a lot going on. Um, I just wanted to make sure you knew about it. So like no pressure at all. And so my first inclination was, right, I do have a lot on my plate. So probably not going to go to that thing. But for some reason, when I got the official invitation from the teacher who's the, the advisor, you know, the following days, I thought, well, maybe I can go. Maybe I should go. I don't know. Um, I hadn't met this teacher who's in charge of this group. And I thought, well, maybe that would be a good opportunity to do that. Anyway, long story short, I ended up telling Gabby I would, in fact, participate in this banquet, which actually is going to be tonight, the day that I'm recording this. It will already have happened by the time you're listening to this. But anyway, um, thinking it was no big deal. And it is no big deal. Uh, but from the moment I told Gabby I was going to be going to this banquet with her, just the two of us, for her project, for her event, for her group, she was just so happy. And speaking of gratitude, so grateful, I think, that I was going to do it and focused on it in this super positive way, coming to me and saying, like, what do you think we should wear? Um, making these kinds of cute, happy mom, daughter kinds of plants surrounding this banquet, something I never would have anticipated, you know, back when I originally thought about going and thought, no, I probably don't need to do that. It didn't occur to me that it could possibly be this kind of thing. And not that it's a huge thing. It's not at all. But that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is it's a little thing. And it obviously matters to her. And she would have been fine too, I think, if I hadn't gone. And we could have connected this way about something else. But I was so grateful in that moment to connect with my daughter in that way and say, you know what? Yeah, I am doing this thing. I am going to make this effort for us to be together, to do this thing, for me to be a part of something that's a part of your life in this way. And it's nothing big. It's not a big thing. And so I'm so glad I responded to that little nudge that I had, which, you know, I'm working on being open to the nudgings of the Holy Spirit and praying for that every day. So I'm hopeful that that maybe that's where this came from. But I want to encourage you inside of your parenthood, but actually not just inside of your parenthood, but inside of your parenthood, inside of your marriage, inside of your friendships, inside of your working relationships, to be open to those kinds of nudges, to do the thing. If you can possibly do the thing, do the thing. It can really pay off and um, really be a beautiful way that you can connect with your kid, show them that you care about them, be involved in something that's a part of their life. Now, if you're overbooked, I get it. This isn't to tell you to feel guilty about <laughs> saying no to things. Then we have a whole podcast about how to say no nicely. So you can go look that one up if that's where you need to be focused right now. But I just want to share that story and um, maybe remind you that sometimes it's worthwhile to do the thing go out of your way a little bit and it can really pay off. Anyway, diving into the content for this week. This week, we are talking about six ways to be more grateful. And this topic, this theme, of course, is inspired by the U.S. holiday of Thanksgiving. So those of us in the U.S. are going to be celebrating Thanksgiving in the coming week on Thursday, the 28th. I love Thanksgiving. I love this holiday. 
partly because of its focus on family, partly because of its focus on food, let's be honest. I love cooking. I love cooking for my family. And this is like a holiday that's all about cooking for your family. Um, So that's really great. But also just the focus on giving thanks, being grateful. What a great idea for a holiday. And um, also, I love that it's the start of kind of a lead up to Advent and Christmas and some of the more intense kinds of holidays that are more demanding of us. And that this day is truly just about food and family and giving thanks for the good things we have in our lives. Such a great holiday. So I want to talk about ways to be more grateful. And we've talked about this before on the podcast. I know we've we've taken up this topic before, um, but... Do you know how good it is for you, just you personally, to be grateful? Like science backs this up, that grateful people are more happy. Grateful people are more successful. There are so many benefits of just being grateful, of focusing on gratitude. Grateful people are healthier. They have better health than people who aren't grateful. And one thing that I like to think about when I'm thinking about the benefits of being grateful, just that you're feeling happier because you're focused on the good things in your life, but it can combat things like jealousy or competitiveness um, or negativity, those kinds of things that bring us down in our lives, that it can be a real combatant against those things. So focusing in a very positive way on being grateful, not just on the Thanksgiving holiday, but year round. There are ways that we can cultivate gratitude in our lives and be a good example to other people of thankfulness. Because here's another thing that's kind of fun to think about. Think about somebody who is ungrateful. You may know somebody or just picture a character that might be ungrateful in your mind. Is that an attractive person? No. (laughs) Nobody likes ungrateful people. It's a very negative character trait. But think about somebody you know that is grateful, that is truly grateful um, and expresses that. That is a very attractive quality. So do you want people to like you? Be grateful. That's a wonderful way to be um, an attractive person and to set a positive example inside of your marriage, in your workplace, with your kids, at your kid's school, in your parish, in your neighborhood. Practice being grateful. So what does that mean? I just wanted to maybe inspire you a little bit with some concrete examples. So I'm going to share six different ideas for ways to be grateful. And of course, the first one is such a cliche, right? Write it down. But I'm adding to it, write it and speak it. So put words to your gratitude. Gratitude isn't just about feeling thankful. I think it's about expressing that thanks. So the first thing I want to encourage you to do with regard to cultivating gratitude in your everyday is to write it down and to speak it. Put words to it. So there are so many ways that you can do this officially. There are like Google Gratitude Journal and a thousand different versions of that will come up. There are apps. Um, Look in your app store on your phone if you're interested in that, where you're encouraged to kind of record things that you're grateful for every day. Um, add it to part of your daily routine, you know, saying things that you're grateful for at a certain time in your day, thinking about things you're grateful for at a certain time of the day. I used to add it to my morning prayers, and I've not been good about this um, since I'm no longer driving my kids to school, but I used to pray certain prayers during that school commute. And one of them was thinking of five things to specific things to be grateful for. And yeah, get specific about it. Be grateful for something, especially at the start of your day or at the end of your day. 
I think it's really kind of nice to think of concrete things. At the start of your day, it's kind of natural to think ahead to what's going to go on that day. People you might be interacting with, things you have on your schedule. What are you grateful for? Are you grateful for the car that's going to get you there? Are you grateful for the friendship you have with the the person who's going to be picking up your kids after school? Are you grateful for your marriage? Something you've got something planned with your husband? Are you grateful for the work that you have? Um, are you grateful for your children? Are you grateful for your home? You know, whatever it is, just looking ahead to your day can be a nice way to kind of categorize the things that you're grateful for and write it down or say it out loud. So you may not be a journaler. I'm actually not. I'm terrible at keeping a journal. Um, and, and it's funny to say that as a writer because I, I'm i just sporadic about it. I will keep a Google Doc, like if I'm inspired to write something down, I'll open up a, you know, my Google Drive and and write something down in a Google Doc, but it's not in any kind of journal. And I don't keep all those little separate things together in any kind of organized way. But interesting. So if you're not the type that's going to write it down, then don't feel like you have to. You can speak the things you're grateful for. Like practice saying things out loud, you know, even to you know your family. Um, this is something that I try to do as a regular thing. When I when something occurs to me, like um, the other night I was loading the dishwasher and it occurred to me, gosh, it's been over a year since we've had any issues with our dishwasher. Now, <laughs> we've had many a saga with our dishwasher over the years and we've replaced it. Gosh, this must be like our seventh dishwasher since we got married. Probably even more than that, actually. We've been married 25 years. Anyway, we've had a lot of difficulties with dishwashers and they, you know, getting broken and having to call the repairman. And it's always such a big thing in a household of this many people. Like, I need my dishwasher. I love my dishwasher. Anyway, it occurred to me the other night as I was loading the dishwasher that hadn't had any issues with the dishwasher in a long time. And so I just spoke that out loud. I'm like, this dishwasher has been working great. I'm so grateful to have a working dishwasher. And I don't even know if anybody replied. I don't even remember who was in the room. It wasn't about that. It was really just about speaking out loud that that true feeling of gratitude that I had. And, you know, when you say things out loud, it makes them more real to you. But it also sets the example for other people. Um, and it kind of underscores that attitude of gratitude in your own heart and mind. If you're speaking out loud the things that you're grateful for, making a habit of doing that, making a habit of not just noticing and feeling that gratitude for something, being thankful for something, appreciating something, but speaking it out loud. And how much more powerful is this when you speak it out loud to the people that you're grateful to? Like you might thank somebody who folded the laundry, right? You're grateful that you have clothing, you're grateful you have the laundry machines, but how about you're grateful to somebody who has served you in some way, whatever it is, whether they've made dinner or they've gone to work that day, they've paid the electric bill or they um, drove your kids around or, you know, being grateful to the people in our lives, even in small ways. Are you grateful to your children's teachers? Are you grateful to your children's coaches? Are you grateful to your parish priest, to the little old lady who um, always has a kind word after mass or in the post office? What are the things in your life that you can thank people for Starting with your own home, your own family, your own marriage, I found that this is something that can be really relationship building because um, I noticed over the years that those things that Dan would thank me for and speak out loud. Now, I'm a words of affirmation person, so this really stands out to me um, if you're familiar with the five love languages. But the times when he would actually thank me for something and speak out loud 
his gratitude for something that I had done or something that I do on a regular basis and he would praise me for it or thank me for it. Oh my gosh, I was like a thousand times more motivated to keep doing that thing because I knew it was appreciated. Think about that boost that you can be for somebody in your life that does good things for you, perhaps that you take for granted, perhaps that understandably you take for granted because everybody's doing things all the time, right? And I'm sure you do many things around your home and in your family and in your workplace that go unnoticed, that people take for granted. Um, But focusing on doing that uh, really is relationship building stuff because people love to feel appreciated. They love to feel noticed. Ultimately, that's what any of us, that's all we ever want, right? Is to be seen, to be noticed, to be appreciated, to feel loved. And thanking somebody is a concrete way you can do that. So I want to challenge you this week to think of people in your day. Try to keep that at the forefront of your mind, that when you get that little spark of any kind of gratitude, and even you can say a prayer to the Holy Spirit asking for those kinds of nudges, those kinds of Holy Spirit nudges, ask for the nudge to thank somebody and speak it out loud. Whether you're speaking out loud, just, I am so grateful that we have this car and that it's running properly, or I'm so grateful we have a good parish with a good priest and that we're able to go to mass. I'm so grateful that I have a a job, you know, or that my husband has a job or that my kids have this good school that they go to. Um, Say those things out loud, but then especially look for ways that you can particularly thank the people in your life for the good things they do. We are all served by so many people in so many ways every single day. So I'm positive you have people in your life that you can thank. Now there's a tall order, but what greater time of year than during the week of Thanksgiving to write a thank you note to somebody? That would be a real boost to somebody. For sure, speaking it out loud and thanking people in person is very valuable and can really build that relationship, make people feel valued and appreciated, recognized, but even more so if you write them a note, if you let them know something meaningful, perhaps something they did for you a long time ago. Try to think about something that somebody might have done for you a long time ago that was really meaningful. And a lot of times people do great things for us when we're in a moment of crisis. And I know for me anyway, people understand and you're not all that organized in how you you thank people for that after the fact, whether it's like a time when you were in the hospital or you had a baby or something else was going on in your life. Um, When people step in, you know, you don't always in in those moments of crisis have the opportunity to properly thank people. But after the fact, even years after the fact, let people know you remember that kindness. Let people know that you're grateful for them and that you appreciate the things they've done for you. Okay, so that's the first one. Write it and speak it. Number two, say grace. Now, of course, we're Catholics, right? (laughs) Most of us listening are probably Catholics or Christians of some kind, and probably you do say grace before you eat meals. But I like to think about this as a habit that we can apply to everything in our lives. Like, do you say grace before all of your meals? Do you say grace before you have a cup of coffee? And by grace, I just, I mean, you don't, you can say the formal grace, bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts. Or you can even just pause for a moment and give thanks to God for what you're about to consume, what you're about to do. So there's a great quote from G.K. Chesterton. I'm going to read it here. He says, you say grace before meals, all right, but I say grace before the concert and the opera and grace before the play and the pantomime, and grace before I open a book, and grace before sketching, painting, swimming, fencing, boxing, walking, playing, dancing, and grace before I dip the pen in the ink. Isn't that beautiful? I think that's such a great example to all of us. Like, say grace. 
before anything that you're going to do. Say grace before you record a podcast. Oh, there's a good idea for me. Say grace before you begin a project, before you sit down to read a book, before you sit down to watch a TV show, before you take a shower, before, you know, anything inside of your daily routine. We all have these little moments, these little blessings that we can take for granted if we're not pausing to say grace, we're not pausing to recognize that God is the source of every good thing we have. That's what grace is all about, right? Pausing to recognize. When we're saying grace before meals, we're pausing to recognize this food comes to us from God. Yep, maybe we grew it ourselves. Maybe we worked and earned the money and used that money to buy the food at the grocery store. Maybe we worked to cook it ourselves, but it comes from God. God feeds us. God provides all of these good things for us. So all of the different ways that God provides for you throughout your day are opportunities to say grace, to pause for a moment. Think of G.K. Chesterton and his great example of saying grace before beginning any new project. Just a brief moment where you pause and give thanks to God. Recognize God as the giver of all good things. And we all have so many good things inside of our daily lives, little pleasures, little ways that we are well cared for and provided for, whether it's the clothing you wear or taking a hot shower or a comfortable bed or, you know, driving in your car or watching television, something you enjoy, spending downtime together with your husband or your kids or all of these things are opportunities for us to recognize that God blesses us through these things that he gives us. God blesses us through all the tiny moments and tiny pleasures that we enjoy throughout our day. And every one of them is an opportunity to give thanks, to praise God for the good things that he gives us. So that's number two, say grace. Look for ways inside of your everyday routine where you can say grace in new and creative ways. All right, number three, remember tougher times. I already mentioned, you know, many of us have had moments of crisis in our lives, right? Where friends and family might have needed to pitch in and help us out. But think back and and maybe you're going through a tough time right now. And that's actually a great opportunity to think back to a different tough time that you've already been through. Not an ongoing tough time because that will be a little bit discouraging. But think about tough things that you've been through, whether it's illness or financial crisis or um, relationship difficulties, parenting problems, you know, difficulties at work, whatever it is. Think back on something that really, truly would qualify as a tough time for you or for your family or inside of your marriage, perhaps, and give thanks for the fact that you got through that. Acknowledge that you've gotten through that. Acknowledge that, you know, that you're possibly stronger because of that. I I think about, especially with regard to my working life, um, you know, early on in my working life, I I feel like I was naive in a lot of ways. I kind of came into the world of publishing, um, which I was involved in professionally for a number of years, kind of, you know, starry-eyed and having all these great goals. And um, the world of publishing is a tough world. (laughs) And I found that out through many negative experiences through my working life. I'm so grateful for the opportunities and experiences I've had inside of the publishing world and the kind of work that I was able to do for many years when I was involved in magazine publishing, especially. But um, I learned some hard lessons during those times. And there were times inside of my work 
over the years where it was really stressful for me, really difficult for me, really tough, really tough, personally tough for me to get through and um, to, you know, deal with challenges, um, financial woes through, through work or stresses with work relationships and that sort of thing. And I can look back now and I can see that I've grown up a lot over the years through my work experiences, through my professional experiences as a writer, as a publisher, and um, ultimately to where I am today working as brand manager for Catholic Mom with Holy Cross Family Ministries, which is a very different kind of work from what I was previously doing with um, Catholic Digest and the other magazines that I was working on publishing in the past. But I can look back and say, wow, that was a tough thing, you know, whatever it was, a particular time that I went through, a particular challenge that I faced or whatever it was. And I can see the ways in which I benefited from that experience and the ways in which I'm able to approach my work life differently now in a way that's better for me and better for my work and better for the people that I'm working with because of the ways I've grown and matured as a result of those experiences. I can look back at those tough times and see the good things that have come from them. And not only that, I can say, Thanks be to God, I'm not going through something like that right now. And maybe you have experiences like that. It doesn't have to be in your work life. It could be in your parenting. You know, I can look back now and think about a time with a toddler or a teenager, something specific, you know, that really was difficult to get through. And I can say, you know what? We did get through it. It was messy at times, but here I am on the other side of that. Here my kid is on the other side of that, and we're okay. God is so good. God is so faithful. God got us through that. So think back on a tougher time. One funny example of this that's a, a smaller example is I remember as a kid, now my family growing up, we had nine, nine of us. We got a lot of illnesses. <laughs> this is part of large family living that sometimes people don't know about. Um, there's always somebody sick, especially through the winter months. And every year we would have at least one bout of strep throat. And I remember really suffering with strep throat. I don't know, I was probably like nine years old at the time and feeling so sick and my throat was so sore. I felt like I couldn't even breathe. It would hurt my throat just to breathe. And at the time I remember thinking, I will never again take for granted not having a sore throat when I'm healthy because this is so awful. And there are people walking around healthy and not feeling this terrible pain and not feeling sick in this way. And they're not even grateful for it. That will not be me. <laughs> and I have such a clear memory of that. And of course, I don't walk around constantly in gratitude for not having a sore throat. But it does occur to me sometimes, especially if I hear of someone else being sick or if I'm, I'm reminded of childhood illness in some way. I remember that. And I think, thank you, God, for my good health in this moment. And so, I mean, that's a, a kind of silly, lesser example, but maybe there are things like that that apply to your life. You can remember something difficult you went through. You can remember a trial that you faced, something unpleasant that you dealt with, some pain you went through, something you truly suffered through, and now you're on the other side of it. You can be grateful, first of all, that you got on the other side of it, but then be grateful for the good things you have right now, whether it be good health, whether it be how strong you are. You know, this is something that I sometimes think about when I go out for a run or exercise in any way, because um, any of you who have suffered injury, especially inside of your running, um, know how frustrating that can be when you're injured. And I've suffered injuries a few different times over the years. And I know how frustrating that is when you can't go for a run. So, you know, recognizing I get to do this. This is a privilege. And 
I am grateful for having a strong, healthy body, being able to go for a run, being able to lift a weight, being able to walk down the street, being able to, whatever it is, pick up my kid. Think about those things that you might be taking for granted that you haven't always had or haven't always had in the capacity that you have right now and make a concerted effort to be grateful for getting through those tough times, but then also being grateful for the fact that you're not currently going through those specific tough times. All right, number four, I'm going to mention prayer. You need to pray. And now, of course, every kind of Thanksgiving, because we are thanking God for the good things in our lives, is a form of prayer. But I want to encourage you to think about making gratitude a regular part of your prayer life. We already talked about setting aside time, whether it's in the morning or the evening, the end of your day, to think about things to be grateful for. So this is a natural way to extend that and actually pray words of thanksgiving to God, thanking him for those things in your life, praying in a very specific focused way, focused on gratitude, focused on thanksgiving. Um, You can do this together with your family. We've talked about family prayer here on the podcast in the past. Um, We have a whole episode just a few weeks back about family prayer. But in that episode, I encourage you to think about creative ways to pray with your family. And one great way to do it is to kind of just take turns and go around and each person say something that they're thankful to God for. Give thanks to God. Do it in an organized way. Pray in an organized way. Um, And, you know, look for opportunities throughout your day to give thanks for God for the multiple things. We've been talking about different ways of noticing those multiple things, but I think it's important to be organized about it, to be focused about it, to be deliberate about giving thanks to God in prayer. So if you have regular prayer time, maybe putting in a section of your prayer time, even if it's just for a few minutes, being focused on gratitude. There are beautiful psalms of thanksgiving, so you might research one that you might read reflectively and thoughtfully um, to deliberately be giving thanks to God. You might just spend a few moments just reflecting on the blessings that you have and thanking God for each of them. Um, So being organized inside of your prayer life, that's number four. And now number five for ways to be more grateful is to practice gratitude in response to negative things. This is a tough one, but I think the more you can make this a habit, the the easier it gets, the more it becomes a reflexive response to negative things. So what I mean by this is when something negative happens, try to make your initial reaction be to look for something to be grateful for. This is so hard, right? Because if you're disrupted by um, you drop a glass and you break it, right? Let's just use a very simple example like that. Your focus might immediately be like, oh my gosh, that was my favorite glass. Oh my gosh, I have a mess to pick up, you know, whatever it is. Um, So, you know, that's immediately thinking about negative things, but try to switch it over to being positive, like, oh, we have, you know, good things to drink in our home. That's why I was holding a glass, you know. Thanks be to God, I have a beautiful home with these hard tiles that (laughs) broke this glass. Um, You know, something along those lines that uh, try to look for a way to be grateful. One classic example of this where I did successfully do it was when our bathroom got flooded years ago um, when some pipes froze. It was a horrible situation to wake up to at like four o'clock in the morning. Uh, It was just, uh, anyway, (laughs) in that moment, I did succeed, not perfectly, but I did succeed in thinking, 
you know what? Thanks be to God, we have indoor plumbing. This horrible situation that I'm dealing with right now is only because we have the gift and the blessing of indoor plumbing, which so many people in the world do not have, right? So look for those things. How many things that inconvenience you, that feel like a negative thing in your life, are because of the conveniences you usually enjoy? So many things, right? Like your car breaks down. You have a car, you know? whatever it is, or you get sick, like you have access to medical care. Um, so many opportunities to be grateful inside of a negative situation. And I find that you can really retrain yourself. It's not so that you're going to be like a perfect Pollyanna every time something negative happens, but you can shift your focus. You can shift what your kind of reflexive reaction is to negative things, whether it's going to be immediately going all Eeyore and womp, womp, this is so bad, so negative, you know, focusing on all the bad things that always, oh, why does this always happen to me? You know, um, and, and think about how negative that is to be around somebody like that and how much more you would appreciate being around somebody who can focus on something positive, focus on the fact that, yes, we're going through this trial right now, but it's only because we have all of these blessings other days out of the year. It's only because we enjoy these wonderful things that, you know, we don't deserve, but God's given us anyway, all the other days of the year. So focusing on that. Um, so try to make that a habit, try to make a positive reaction to the negative, a grateful reaction to the negative a natural part of how you respond. Okay, number six for ways to cultivate gratitude, ways to be more grateful, is to reach out to others. Reach outside yourself. So much of our ingratitude comes from when we are super focused on ourselves. We have no awareness of the kinds of struggles and trials other people are going through because we're so focused on our own, right? Volunteer your time somewhere. Volunteer your time. Or... Um, volunteer to visit a friend who's going through something hard and not in a way like becoming aware of the trials of others is going to make you just build you up and make you feel so great because you're not going through that. I mean, I suppose there's some extent of that, but just becoming aware of the fact that you're not alone in your trials. You're not the only person who goes through hard things um, can really be eye-opening and can really open your mind and your heart and your soul to the needs of other people in a way that's going to be very life-giving for you very positive experience for you, be an attitude adjustment for you. It's hard to be focused on your own problems and complaining about them when you are trying to help other people with theirs. When you're recognizing other people have these issues, oftentimes much greater than the kinds of issues you're going through. You know, maybe look to volunteer at your church if they have um, a soup kitchen or if they have a food pantry or if they have, um, you know, a, a way of giving food or clothing to families that might need it, especially this time of year, there are organized ways that different parishes might be doing that sort of work or volunteer at a local crisis pregnancy center or at your parish youth group or at your kid's school in some way. Look for ways that you can give your time and your energy toward meeting the needs of other people. You are going to come away from that built up, energized positive and grateful for the good things you have in your life. Don't remain focused on yourself. Being focused on yourself is like a recipe for anxiety, depression, negative thoughts. Break out of that. Break out of that. Maybe it's going to take going outside of your comfort zone a little bit. Maybe you're not the kind of person that normally would be 
volunteering, raising your hand to be the one who's going to do the thing, <laughs> organize something at your parish or give of your time um, serving people. But that's a wonderful way to open up your heart and your mind to the fact that this is the human condition and we all have so much to be grateful for. We all have so much that God gives us and none of us deserves any of these good things. So that can really help you to work outside of yourself, move outside of yourself toward other people and really just can be a, an attitude adjustment because it makes you aware of the needs of others in a concrete way. It helps you to be focused on meeting the needs of other people, recognizing the needs of other people, loving other people, giving of yourself to other people in a way that's very fulfilling and satisfying for you personally, but also in a way that is sort of an attitude adjustment toward more gratefulness in your everyday. Okay, so those are my six ideas for ways to be more grateful. One, write it and speak it. Two, say grace. Three, remember tougher times. Four, pray. Five, be grateful in response to the negative. And number six, reach out to others. You might have some ideas for ways to be more grateful. What works for you? What are some of the things that you are grateful for this Thanksgiving? I would love to hear from you. You can reach out to me, danielle at daniellebean.com. You can always connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm Danielle Bean in all of those places. Or connect to me through the show notes always available at ascensionpress.com. Coming up, we have listener feedback about starting a women's group at your parish. But first, this quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you are listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. What if you could go back and experience the very first Advent and walk alongside Joseph and Mary as they prepare to welcome the baby Jesus? Rejoice! Advent Meditations with Joseph is an all-new Advent resource from Ascension, Experience that very first Advent journey through daily meditations in the Rejoice Journal and through a series of short, easy-to-access videos. Make Advent come alive this year. Visit RejoiceProgram.com. RejoiceProgram.com. Welcome back. We are at the part of the show where I like to share listener questions or listener feedback. And this week I heard from Diane who sent me a quick note. In part, she asked about starting a women's Bible study. She said, Thank you for sharing about your women's Bible study group on Instagram recently. Could you do a podcast sometime about women's groups, how to start one, where to begin? I'm feeling called to do this at my parish, but I really don't know where to start. I don't have much experience leading groups. Thanks for any help, Diane. So thank you, Diane, for your question. This is something that is near and dear to my heart. So I did recently share on Instagram about the women's group I have at my parish, which I started there. And I love when people ask me, tell me what program you're using, because that's what we all want, right? We all just want a program if we want to start a group. And there are great programs out there. Ascension has a million great programs if that's what you want. I have to mention my Momnipotent study, which is available at ascensionpress.com. That is not specifically a Bible study, but it is designed for women's groups. In fact, I put together that entire study to encourage women to get together with one another on a regular basis. So it's eight weeks. There's uh, video content, workbooks, um, a leader guide, all of that material. So it's kind of like a ready to go study. If you're looking to get women together in your parish, that's a very organized way that you might consider doing it. And it's based on eight weeks, but really my hope when I put together that study was that women's groups would begin doing that study 
and then continue to meet. So um, I've heard from a lot of different women who are doing exactly that, even over you know a year after the fact that they completed the momnipotent study, they're still getting together on a regular basis, sometimes using organized materials, sometimes not. Um, but I love hearing from that because that really was the focus and the goal of that study in particular. So if you want more information about that, um, I'll put a link in the show notes to ascensionpress.com where you can find out more about momnipotent, which is not just for mothers. Of course, there's a focus on our motherhood, our spiritual motherhood in particular, the teachings of John Paul II, but really just our identity as women in the eyes of God and the importance of women connecting with other women is truly the focus and the theme of every week of that particular study. So if you're interested in that, Diane, um, you can check that out at ascensionpress.com. But you mentioned Bible study, and Momnipotent is not a Bible study. It's not based on the Bible. Um, so if you're interested in doing a Bible study, I might also recommend my book, You Are Enough, or my book, You're Worth It, both of which are books that go through chapter by chapter. In You Are Enough, it's women in the Old Testament. In You Are Worth It, women in the New Testament. And focusing on a different character from the Bible in each of those chapters, a different theme, and what we can learn about God's unique love for women based on those real stories of women in Scripture. So You're Worth It does not have a companion journal, but you could easily meet with your women's group and read it together and discuss it together. You Are Enough does have a companion journal that I put together with Ascension that um, can kind of guide you through chapter by chapter if you're going to be meeting with a women's group, specifically focusing on one chapter a week. So that companion journal is not readily available online, but I will email it to you if you send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. I will be happy to send you that PDF if you're interested in doing that particular study with your women's group. All of that said... Those are formal studies, Diane. And um, you asked about my women's group. We don't use any of those. So what I do with my women's group is I really felt like it was important for this particular group of women, which is a range of ages and life stages and different kinds of busyness. And we've got young moms and retired women and everybody in between there. Um, I wanted it to be a no homework kind of group. So I wanted it to be, you can just show up and you can participate each week. And um, so far that's worked really well for us. So the way that I do it is I just look at the readings for the next Sunday. So I have a website um, that I like to use for some of it, but then sometimes I add my own discussion questions. Um, there's a website I use, and I can link to this in the show notes as well, that has suggested discussion questions for the readings each week. Um, but sometimes I don't like those, and I want to use my own, and I, or I want ones that are specific to women and that kind of thing. Um, so I'll sometimes edit them or change them a little bit. Um, and I just print those up, and we gather together, we bring our Bibles, or we have Bibles that are available there, and we just read together. We read the readings for the coming week and talk about them, share about them from our hearts. And there's, you know, structured a little bit prayer time at the beginning and at the end where we pray for and with one another, where we encourage each other to bring our intentions forward. And um, I really treasure that time. It all happens inside of one hour, one hour a week on Wednesday evening. So that's a very low level, I would say, of kind of commitment on the organizer's part and also on the participant's part. And I find that that's really key for this particular group. First of all, for me being committed to it, doing it once a week, but also for the women themselves that I want them to feel comfortable 
um, coming and going. Like if you aren't able to make it one week, that's all right. We'll see you next week, I hope. Um, or if you aren't able to make it for a whole quarter, you know, we've had that happen with some women, like they've got this other commitment and it conflicts, but then when they're able to, they join us again. So, um, I really want to recommend doing that if you're interested. Um, it might be that you benefit from some structure and I may experiment doing, um, a particular structured study with these women at some point. Um, but right now I'm happy to just do it this way. I'm happy to just be able to connect and pray with these other women and read scripture together with these other women once a week. That's so valuable to me. So I want to encourage you to do it. If you're listening to this and you don't have a group of women in your life that you can gather with and pray together with at least once a week, I want to encourage you to seek that out. There might be a group that already exists at your parish. There might not be. It might be that God's calling you to do this thing. Step out of your comfort zone. Make a commitment to beginning such a group being that resource for other people in your community. So again, I'll share those links to the relevant resources at uh, ascensionpress.com in the show notes for this episode. But thank you for your question, Diane. And this may be a topic for a future episode of Girlfriends. I'm going to give that some thought, some other ways in which we might share about the importance of getting together with other women, but then also some of the practical nitty gritty and some of the things that get in the way and how we can get around that. So thank you very much for that question, Diane. If you have a question for me or an idea for a future topic on Girlfriends, I would love to hear from you. Email me, danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or send me a voicemail. You know I love that. You can send me a voicemail at danielle at daniellebean.com. That's all the time we have for this week, but I want to thank you for being here. I want to encourage you to check out the show notes at ascensionpress.com for the list of places that I'm going to be, places I'm going to be giving my retreats in the coming months. If I'm not coming to your community and you're interested in having me come out and speak, perhaps taking part in a conference that you're a part of, or giving my You're Worth It or You Are Enough retreat to the women in your community, I would love to connect with you. You can go to daniellebean.com click on the retreats tab, find out about having me come to your community or click on speaking for information about inviting me to speak at an event that you are hosting. But for now, I just want to thank you for being here. Thanks for being a part of the Girlfriends podcast. You are an important part of the Girlfriends community. I so appreciate your presence here. Thank you for that. I hope you're going to enjoy a wonderful Thanksgiving. Those of you in the U.S. in the coming days, I hope you will enjoy some downtime and gratitude time with friends and family over the holiday. Until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 